is a very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 2021 at the time of recording. The known universe is ruled by, um, I guess an oligarchy of rich corporations and assholes and America first foreign policy. It is getting a bit too political. Wait, that can't be it. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe are hot takes about pop culture. Hot takes expand consciousness. Hot takes extend IP life cycles. Hot takes are vital to Twitter. The real human beings who use lukewarm takes have been mutated over five years. It gives them the ability to fold space. As in, it empties a room when any of them begins talking about it. Oh yes, I forgot to tell you. I'm recording my entire section because I lost it over again, so this'll be an experiment. Ooh. On this podcast about Dune. No, no. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember which episode we're on. I think we're on episode 43. It's actually 44. 44, I think. Yeah, it's 44. All right, so we'll say episode 44. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Real Human Beings. It is I, Alden, joined once again with my lovely companion, Jacob. Hello. But today we have a special guest. Yes, that's right. We not only have one Skirmerhorn, we have two Skirmerhorns. Mark, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? What's up, uh, Bingers? Humans? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Master, Master Bingers. bingers. Master, that's perfect. Master Bingers. I love it. Mm. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's good. We now all we need is we need uh, like um, the only one I know is like rogans but uh the the jamie the person you talk to on <laughs> you're the such side. a big rogan head yeah no i'm not <laughs> yeah Alden, he's always like, you always listen to rogan, but man. but like it's it's almost like they're trying to emulate like conan and like lena when they like like andy richter yeah when they're talking like just hanging out with one of the boys huh 
Yeah, I always thought it was a bit stupid. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get that. Mark's here. Hi. Hello. Hello, Mark. It's not real human beings. It's real human brothers. That's <laughs> sure. That's the title of the show. Sure. Real human brothers. I just brother. thought of. Oh. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty we'll redundant a, we'll, also. That, that's true. Well. Real human brothers. You don't need the first two, I guess. Unless you're like aliens or uh, I mean, stepbrothers, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they can say, tell our voices apart. Oh, it's it's gonna be a mess. <laughs> yeah, if you can't tell our voices apart, it's uh, Mark has blonde hair yeah. and I have, I have black you don't hair. Know what color hair. I, have. I also have glasses. <laughs> This is where Mark reveals that he got a haircut, but I don't think that's... Yeah, I'll take off thing. my glasses right now, so it's easy to there distinguish us. Okay, much better. <laughs> much better. Much, much better. I would call it blonde, but that's just me, I guess. Yes, all three of us have seen, seen Dune uh, 2021, Denis Villeneuve's film, and I think all three of us have seen Lynch's Dune. Am I correct in saying that as well? Yes. Yep. Two of yeah. us have read the book... And only one of us has seen the sci-fi miniseries. Dude. Yes. You guess yes. who's Very who. Fun. Very fun time. <laughs> so together we form the perfect trio to discuss uh, this 1965 sci-fi epic, long thought unfilmable. Lynch seemed to kind of prove that point. And uh, now we have a new one. So this is kind of, I guess, a long form uh, review. I'm not sure how long we're going to spend on it. But we'll probably slide right into Picks of the Week as well and just see where the where the day takes us i don't know i feel rusty i feel like i'm getting onto a bike that i haven't gotten to a long time and it has been a long time so you know that makes sense <laughs> been a while since we've done this but mm. yeah um we're gonna do some we're gonna talk about dune we're going to give our uh impressions <sighs> and uh good the bad and the ugly oh, okay. as always and then um <laughs> uh final scores oh yes and um Man, I'm rusty too. Uh, 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 man on the street, Mark. I would like you to do give us give us your best pitch. Man on the street, somebody you're meeting in the middle of the street. Uh, tell them why they should watch Dune. Okay. Why, what makes it interesting? Give them a pitch. Elevator pitch. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I was street. just uh, reading this newspaper here. Ooh, a newspaper, you said. Uh, wow. wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, this newspaper I'm reading, uh, Doctor. Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a doctor um, of philosophy. <laughs> it says the front, the headline is about the new movie Dune. Oh. Have you heard of it? No, I'm just too busy, uh, you know, being a philosopher, just writing down different stuff, uh, and eating pizza pie. Tell me about it. Dune is a movie about Paul... Moving to a new place, making new friends and enemies, and discovering more about himself than he ever knew. That's that's really accurate. Actually, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm calling me interested. I I I'd love to learn more. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's just about some kid <laughs> named Paul. That's great. It's going to be a lighthearted romp. Thanks, stranger. I'm going to go too. Uh, now time to put this anthrax on this train. I don't know if that's too timely. 
<laughs> and then he starts coughing. That's, that's Excuse good. me. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Well, that's pretty accurate. Uh, Man on the Street. I would totally watch it just based on that alone. I love how that. Um, yeah, like a touching coming of age story where uh, a kid uh, gets introduced to all these different yeah. things and uh, learning about himself. The world is messed up. Yeah. Uh, John Green's new book. <laughs> uh, he does just kind of write the same book over and over again, huh? I would love to see John Green's take on <laughs> Dune if he, if he directed it. But anyways, I think we should probably be talking about our histories <clears throat> with the um, property, you know? So let's start uh, there. Mark, do you want to start? Uh, okay. Um, I don't know when I first learned about it, but it has just been because Jacob and I's dad... Um, our dad is a big science fiction reader and Dune, I guess, has just always been, I don't know, something. And for a while I was, I just, the idea of sandworms really was enticing to me. Um, I do remember the first time I went to your, your house, uh, he tested me with the gom jabbar (laughs) and kept saying the spice is life. So it makes sense. He's not, to give my dad credit or lack thereof, he's not like a... Dune nerd. He just <laughs> likes science fiction. Dune is one that he has read. He's not like he can't recite it or anything, really. Um What is your dad's favorite sci-fi? Good question. I don't know. Um probably not Star Wars. That seems yeah. too mainstream. He doesn't he's not a real he's not a guy that has favorites really, it doesn't seem. We should have probably got him on this if he had watched the movie. <laughs> Well, because he's actually, he's like read all of the books, I think. Or most of them. Uh, But back to Dune. In senior year of high school, that's when I read it. Based partially on encouragement slash videos that just were like, Hey, Dune's cool from uh D orator lecture matt colville <laughs> oh of course I should and then afterwards coming. read the or watched the david lynch one <laughs> with my father yeah that was a fun night so that's my experience with dune i've never read that's any fun. other books any of the other books even though i should i really i like was reading 100 pages a day i really was engrossed by it the book. I don't know if that's saying too much. Yes, yeah, I I really loved it. Oh, that's interesting because like, I don't know how much of an interest I have in reading the full thing. But Alden, uh, what about you? Um, you know, the book was pretty early on. My dad is also a pretty big sci-fi fan, and my uncle as well too. So we always had we had we always had a copy. I think I read it when I was like twelve or thirteen. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. liking the first half and not liking the second half. Because uh, there's a pretty big stylistic jump between the first and second half of the book, uh, so the first half, the f- the first half is like very much like a world building story with Paul doing stuff inside of it. So like, there's a lot of paragraphs about like worm biology and Whoa. how like Keynes is like studying how the desert surface is changing due to water dynamics and like riveting stuff. There's this talk about like political intrigue and blah 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 and then the second half it kind of shifts gear and like jump it's there's like a time skip and like a bunch of things happen <laughs> and i just remember mm-hmm. getting bored somewhere around the middle of the book and putting it down i there's really? a, there's a very old 
uh, comic strip that I read once where somebody says, like, uh, you know, was Dune too dry for you? And I think that does hold. The book is pretty, like, dry as a book. Because the, the, guy, the mm. guy who wrote it, I'm pretty sure was a scientist or, like, a He was a journalist. He might have also been a scientist, but I know he was for sure a okay. journalist. Yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty like into the whole like science of a desert only planet. So like that was a big thing for him. So yeah, like seeing, um, seeing it adapted eventually. But my book experiences was was positive. I really liked the book. At the end of the day, like I and I reread it recently, and I'm like, fuck, this is a really good book. Like. 13-year-old me wasn't smart enough for this. And then I reread it again when I was, like, 18. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And I read it again now. And I was like, oh, man, this is, like, awesome. Like, I fucking love this book. This is great. This is good. Like, just so creative and, like, out there. Uh, like, taking risks with doing sci-fi. Because a lot of, like, modern sci-fi is, like, I don't know, boring. And, like, not very, in my opinion, creative. This is weird. It's like, oh, you got to eat spice to travel through space and, like, there's like you're transformed and there, there's these giant worms that swim through sand and there's uh, psychic witches who can like <laughs> command people with their just like that's just cool that's just creative that's neat to see yeah i'll say from my experience that like kind of the things that you're saying right now are the things that i do appreciate about the series from the little that i actually know of it is mm. how weird it gets um like you're saying like this is all really random like why why would all this stuff exist um you know, psychic, psychic witches mm-hmm. and giant worms and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't read any of the books. Uh, similar to what you're saying, though, about um, like like not appreciating it in time, it feels a lot like Ender's Game to me. Because like I read that when I was way mm. too early and I didn't understand a lot of the different themes, but now I think uh, mm. I'm just dumb, dumb kid. <laughs> now I think I probably <laughs> like it more for that. Um, there you go. I don't know. Uh it's uh yeah i mean the other weird thing is that i just think it like it came from like the 60s and like this guy who was super into drugs and yeah like oh man yeah. this magical spice that uh um, yeah that extends your life and it's just like a super drug or something like that like expands your mind i don't know it feels very hippie to me um but i don't know am i am i reading that right is that is that how it works in the books uh this is only from the impressions that i have just based on like well I don't know. Uh, David Lynch's movie, I guess. Alden should probably, because really, he's really actually read the book recently. Movie. But in terms of like... That sounds well, exactly actually... Um, sounds great. It's, a, it's like a thing that uh, extends your life pretty much. Mainly. And then if you just take more of it, yeah. it expands your mind. Yeah. And you can become like a precog, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Yeah, Spice... Spice gives a naturally long life, uh, and then also unlocks like precognitive powers. So, uh, navigators, the people who fly the ships, because I love the way they do space travel. Is like, yeah, navigators have these huge ships which you put your little spaceships in, and then the whole big ship moves to the <laughs> it's spot. It's really weird. So they charge you a fee for doing that. They're like a big ferry, basically. Um, they see through time and space by hallucinating on spice. And then the yeah. prolonged usage of spice transforms them into like weird other humans. That's the other thing too with Dune. There's like no sapient aliens. Uh, there's no robots. There's no AI. There was this AI that tried. To, there was an AI war where they fought robots for a long time. So after that, 
They said, no more robots. We're just going to bioengineer humans to think as fast as computers, which is a mentality. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just like a lot of really out there concepts were put forward. The sequels, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll just jump on the sequels real quick. The ones Herbert wrote are good-ish, but like also weird. And then the ones his son and the other dude yeah. wrote are like not worth it. Like don't even, <laughs> yeah. no good, no bueno. Not, not, not worth it. Huh? No, um, just not good. Because like they add stuff like Duncan Idaho, who's the soldier of the Atreides family, Jason is a, like Jason Momoa exactly. Uh, Pat, no, uh, not Patrick yeah, it's Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart um, Skirmy, how, like, it, I can't remember who's in I don't Lynch. remember. Yeah, <laughs> just some, <laughs> some guy. guy. Just some guy. He's. It turns out he's like a clone soldier. Whoa. Like they're like clones of Duncan Idaho. And they're like a long, like just like a bunch of stuff gets added later on that you're like, why, Herbert? Why did you need to add these things? Um, and it gets quite huh. wild out there. Sounds like dying sons. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 a weird world. It is a very <laughs> strange place, and and man, does it deliver? Uh, well, uh, let's let's move on to the movie. Let's move on to the movie. Uh, let's talk about that. And starting off with our favorite thing. The good, the bad, the ugly. So, Alden, you want to go off first? All right. So, uh, I think a good for me was that I, I really, I guess. Hold on, I've got some notes here that I wrote. Ooh, Alden has notes this time. I, I know, wow. I know, I know. I wrote notes. I'm impressed. <laughs> that's usually me that's doing it over a single time. Which I, I don't think I did yeah. this time actually, which is weird for me. So where the f- uh, fuck did I put them? Hold breaking on. with type. Um, yeah, I think for the good, I really appreciated how much effort Denis put into keeping um, things in without needing to explain them or without wanting to explain them over VOs. Uh, so there's a lot of scenes in the movie where something is happening. There's no voiceover. There's no explanation as to what's occurring. And Denis doesn't care if you do or don't get it. He's just going to put that yeah. scene in. So the one that jumps to my mind is the Hunter Seeker drone, which enters uh, Paul's chamber. In the uh, like book, Paul thinks, like, I can't move. I must stay still. The Seeker drone will kill me. In the movie, Paul just goes still. And that's all we need to know. That's like, okay, he can't move. And the thing is hunting for him and he's clearly afraid of it. And it's not tr- it doesn't have a voiceover like in Lynch's version. And it's like, what's happening? Who the fuck knows? Denis doesn't care. He's just going to throw it in there. Um, like with the, when the, the bullet, just, just, that's the good. That Denis didn't feel like he needed to explain some of the weirder stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, because he just didn't want to. And I was like, cool, good, cool that you're trusting the mm-hmm. material to kind of carry forward. It, it felt like a fan movie in almost that sense, because like only fans mm-hmm. would get sure. yeah, what's yeah. happening at times. But that's a that's a good for cool. me. So no, I agree with that good. That's a that's I I I think that that was a strength of this movie as well. For sure. Um Yeah, and I like the weird weirdness mm-hmm. of it. So I mean in a Lynch one, like there's there's like voiceover all the time like <laughs> yeah. holy shit that that um scene that you're describing yeah. with the with the one it's it's oh my god it's just constant like from the get-go with the the um 
the princess mm-hmm. and i love her thing where she's like oh i forgot to tell you yeah um she's <laughs> like really lynch this is how you're starting this off um yeah but yeah everything's everything's voiceover um uh there's no like downtime at all which is so strange considering how obscure and mm-hmm. how much he how much less he gives you in other other movies less hand holding so i don't know i do wonder how somebody who like absolutely like had no nothing mm-hmm. with dune beforehand would would uh react to something like this like the Denis version mm-hmm. well julie i haven't julie hasn't watched it yet but i plan on on showing her and she has zero like she's seen, she's seen the Lynch version, so I guess she has some mm-hmm. understanding. But like, <laughs> my my roommate has never seen or read anything of it, Ooh. and he actually and he wanted to see it, and he really liked oh, it. Okay, there we go. And he wasn't totally confused there by stuff. Hey, then that's a testament to to the movie itself. Then then he proved it. You don't need to you don't need to put in all these mm. things. Uh, people are smart enough that they can follow it. Mine is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. I think he did a really good job of making mm-hmm. it a movie or a coherent story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. yeah. <laughs> As opposed to... I think he was able to film what was <laughs> said to be unfilmable. Yeah. yeah. In that way. like it's And it is something that I think, even though he doesn't explain stuff, you could watch. Yeah. Right. And yeah, get yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, because yeah. just Paul's story. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. A lot of the stuff about, like, you don't even really need to know about Chome in the actual book. Or, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's very on the periphery that means you don't need to know in order to understand what's going on. I guess the, the good for me is, um, overall, it, yeah. it felt like, um, it felt believable, you know? Um... Like I, I liked, uh, I liked how it felt like a lived-in world. Um, when mm. I think the the visual design was really strong and really yeah. interesting, and I think they they took a lot of effort to uh, be kind of more out there with their their imagery because <laughs> that's something else that I said was like I appreciate that Dune's like a weird thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not yeah. like Star Wars. <laughs> it's not like Star Trek. It doesn't really have much of a basis mm-hmm. in um you know our our universe that way um it's really weird right um so like the the weird um i don't even know their names but like the warrior Mm -hmm. guys with all the blood on them and (laughs) then the the um part baron Mm -hmm. arcana just like in that in that weird uh oil bath (laughs) very creepy looking um visually just really striking which I, i guess you know Par for the course for Veneuve, however you say his name. I was just going to jump piggyback on that. I just want to say, like, a lot of this, the visual strength was was there. So, like, having the shields, you know, like, the slow blade cuts the shield. Um, the bullets shoot bullets, or sh- mm-hmm. shoot little, like, spinning darts that slowly drill through the shield. Like, like, all these little touches that they were doing to, like, just put you in a world. That yeah, I, I'm doing two goods. I know I'm kind of cheating here. Uh, <laughs> Mark, let's let's hear a bad Mark. I, I know I get the I get the sense just like Jacob did, but I feel like there's some, there's uh, some hatred um very deep. Well, this, would, this is kind <laughs> of well. Um, okay, I, a big bad for me was <laughs> that I thought 
with the amount of time that they had, like two and a half hours, they could have fit so much more into it, like the banquet scene. Yeah, that's true. Anything that's true. with like more of any of the characters of the hmm. Atreides house, I think right. they could have just added more to like Chet Up Mapes, Thufur Hala. I thought there was, they have like no significance in the story. Dr. Yue isn't mm-hmm. really. Uh, Piter of uh, ba- House Bar- Hokarnum uh, is Pit- like barely in it too, which is sad. Piter, yeah, Piter. Apparently there was deleted scenes, um, but uh, but I definitely think that like, I'm just g- agree with you. Like, I think what Villeneuve did was made it Paul's story. And in do- so doing, removed a lot of the scenes from the book where uh, it's tangentially Paul's story. So, for example, the dining room scene, because I just read the book and I know what Mark's referring to here. It's a scene where Duke Leto hosts a, a, a banquet um, on Arrakis. It's like it's like his first public appearance with, with Lady Jessica and with Paul. And so all the notables of Arakeen, the, the city, come to see the new Duke. So there's this really like tense dialogue that happens between the Duke and the um, Spice Bank, which is like part of the Navigator's Guild. <laughs> so there's like a whole subtext of them like exchanging like verbal blows, and then Paul steps in, and then Jessica steps in, and there's like this um, secondary conversation going on with the Har- like. There's all this like it's a very much a. Um, so it's like a Game of Thrones, like, you know, like, oh... Yes, it is. And it, it's, it sets up a lot of what occurs later with, like, how Leto treats people. And, like, he treats them honorably. And, like, the sort of up- upcoming duplicity yeah. of House Harkonnen and the, the um, Emperor. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Am I right about that? I did kind of jump on your point there, Mark, but I think that's the one that you're referring to. Yeah, right? yeah, that is. I, it's just, Paul's been trained in, like, a bunch mm-hmm. of different ways that I think... Especially, like, Mentat ways that could have been... I don't know. It, 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 uh, maybe this is just me, like, wanting stuff from the book. Yeah. And also just being a big uh, Thufur Hawat head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was cool. He's, he's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. Him. So, that's disappointing that he wasn't in it more. I agree yeah. with the pacing, though. Yeah, yeah. I think that was definitely, like... I feel like that with a lot of modern movies, though. <laughs> like, you could, you could fit more in. Um, uh, like, at the end of the thing, like, you, you get out and you're just like, what what the hell yeah. like, like it's three hours have gone by and what actually really happened <laughs> yeah here's yeah. a here's a question to you alden okay i'm ready um do you think uh because like in the beginning of the book don't they outwardly just say like duke leader is gonna get there's a betrayer in house atreides like he's gonna get killed do you think they could have done something with that in like the actual yes. in yes. like a they, maybe not this version of the film but like a version of the film i i think if they had done they because they in the in the book they do mention like there's traps everywhere blah 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 um yeah i think pacing wise they they probably could have fit something in there like you know there was those all those scenes where like paul's standing on the bluffs mm. looking out and they're in the graves yeah there's a lot of imagery too about like the old duke with the bull which i found interesting that Denis kept putting in yeah it's like spanish or something i don't know but i wish they had like like cut to people or had thufir being like we're searching for the traitor or like we're looking for somebody or blah or like the speech when harkonnen's talking to um the holy mother like have just some drop of like okay here's a potentiality so like at least we're guessing i think you could have fitted it in i think there's a place you could have um Mm -hmm. i just don't know why they didn't 
because I would say that's my my bad. It's just that they they did not use two people that I really wanted them to use, which was uh, Piter and UA, and they didn't use them in the slightest. What's your bad? What's your bad, Jacob? Yeah, I guess I guess my bad is like the ending. Uh, um, it just felt so much like a oh, uh, never like complete story, you know? Like it just it just it's obviously like she says right at the end and is like this is just mm. the beginning it's like yeah you're talking straight to the audience and being like oh this is gonna get us part two which feels like the fremen the fremen yeah when yes. when he's hanging out with the zendaya yeah. and their fremen and all that and then there's there's a guy riding on a do on a worm which to me looked really silly but i mean you know uh less less so than a i i hope it's like the the lynch one where it's horribly like <laughs> um blue screens or green screens or whatever but i i don't know yeah to go along with your your thing about pacing i i I kind of agree just it felt like at the end like Mm -hmm. it wouldn't really hold up on its own i don't know how interesting interested i am in in seeing the next one to be honest or how much just this one alone would have made me kind of interested to do Mm -hmm. that uh yeah like like at the end of the Mm -hmm. day what did you do with your two and a half hours that you had? Um, yeah. Who's are getting longer and mm. it feels like there's less stuff in them. It does. I, I like, I definitely think that there was some weird pacing stuff at the end there. That was like, it, it felt rushed in some places, slow in some other places. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, is we're really spending this much time here. Okay. Uh, like where? I don't know. Like, um, so before the holy mother goes this is like it's all the little things that like add up like why mm. did we need to see the weird human spider thing of the harkonnens like <laughs> is that just to remind us that the harkonnens are like creepy bad people we've already kind of seen enough of that like little things too like um having him talk to the the palm tree guy um, oh yeah <laughs> because like in the book leto walks out and is like yo these palm trees they got to go cuz they're like consuming a hundred liters of water a day and like the guy's like okay like it's not like they're a symbol of hope it's like oh no that's a totally smart thing to do the harkonnens are assholes just there's a lot of things i feel like they could trim down uh to give more padding elsewhere um yeah random little things even just single shots that it was like why are we having why are you holding so long on this person walking into the door or whatever, just like little things that add up. But to the the fight at the end that you're talking about, I actually did. I liked it, but maybe because it wasn't in the 1984 one, so that was like, oh, I'm happy to see the Jamis fight.
Hello. Welcome to Interlude. Why did I choose to call it an interlude when I can't pronounce words well? Uh, and I chose a thing that I have trouble with. I should go to speech path classes or something, you know, get get uh, actually elocution lessons. I have a mouthful of marbles, just like everyone else from Western New York. Oh no, that's kind of mean. Regardless of that, um, music right now uh, in both sections is a suggestion by our newest guest, uh, Mark, longtime friend of the pod, first guest appearance. This is uh, JPEG Mafia, uh, newest work, LP exclamation point. This is Rebound featuring Depth Mafia. It's good. I like it. Uh, this episode is cursed, I will say, though. That's the one thing that I don't like about it. Um, besides losing my own audio and recording a bunch of it, which maybe it sounds good, maybe it doesn't. This is an experiment. Why not try it out? Aside from that, uh, something happened with the stuff that I had from Holden, too, where it saved weird, and uh, it was really sped up, and so he started to sound like Ben Shapiro. Friend of the show, Ben Shapiro, excuse me, just like Mark. Sorry, Mr. Shapiro, give you that respect that you deserve. Um, so I, I fixed it, and I slowed it down to a more normal-sounding pace. Uh, I know Alden would have wanted me to keep it, just because, but um, yeah, I figured that would be a lot to listen to. As you might have guessed from the title, uh, this is all Dune. We don't do anything else, so uh, it came out a really long time ago. But, uh, hey, why not? We talked about it then, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> Stay tuned. More Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, along with final scores, coming up right after this. All them threats be making me hard. It's all opposite of who you really be. For real. All the shit you did to your girl. All the shit you do it to me. You told me to stop this in this kid, huh? Oops, I did it again. My bad. Did you know that nigga's dead? No, it hurts that you missing your friend. Yeah, why don't we? Well, Mark started the bad, so Jake, could you start the ugly? Oh boy. <laughs> well, um, okay. I'm gonna be really SJW about this. My ugly. So sorry. I'm already. I'm already. Like, <laughs> people uh, left the station. <laughs> what? But um, I have to bring it up. But uh, the, one of the big ones, which I'm sure Alden, you're gonna get into, is uh, the I whatever that part um, the music yeah the yeah, music yeah. was just kind of <laughs> yeah i thought it was pretty bland <laughs> sure um yeah. like hans zimmer you mm. said he was gonna make a, a totally new thing and then like he ended up making just generic sci-fi music whatever <laughs> i mean i know people that really people are yeah. mixed on interstellar but i i liked the the music in that that felt really weird and interesting and different yeah um yeah it felt so much like just 
Zack Snyder's Justice League, like yeah. where Wonder Woman was. Anytime she came up, there was like <laughs> women wailing, which uh, Ollie yeah. and I have definitely talked yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. at length uh, <laughs> before. So uh, check that out if you haven't. I don't know why you would care. that I'm going to talk about is when I have to get up on my SJW shit. Uh, so the fact that uh, in the year 2021, it just feels a little bit weird to be having this this um, story of a white guy basically going to a desert planet, uh, becoming eventually becoming their <laughs> savior, and then taking them up out of... and, and rebelling against their overlords mm-hmm. or whatever it feels like um lords of arabia white savior all kind of mixed into one and i just need to point out that it's mm-hmm. that it's yeah just, it feels a little bit yep. weird i'm not i'm not saying it's bad because i know i know that they that later on it gets complicated a bit more and frank herbert himself is like really interested in this it doesn't come from a place of like colonialization or whatever but at the same time there's just still something in me that's like this is weird um and that is more Mm -hmm. all the more kind of emphasized by the fact that uh so many of the characters in that are actually not uh middle eastern north african Mm. as they call it um like it seems like it's easy like don't just just don't just have somebody else um like with the optics here yeah oh yeah um yeah uh john hodgman who is a big dune fan um he had an interview recently where he was just uh, a big dune fan and i think he liked it ultimately but he was critical of the fact that like yeah yeah javier bardem's uh um accent what is he doing here it sounds ridiculous and and i agree with him on that for sure um it's a really interesting interview though like check it out i'll, I'll put it in the, the episode description um but anyways um and this is all to say that like i know frank herbert he had a, a lot of interest in this culture it's not like a place of colonialism or whatever um but it just feels weird like like i i also know that um like the the psychic ladies i forget what they're called right um they have like this weird plan and something maybe like is is that right like what what happens there the the bene Gesserit's plan is that they are trying to breed through the noble families the quiz rat quiz at hatterax quiz however they pronounce it in the film yeah mark got it which <laughs> okay. is the a woman capable a man of true right? uh, or i'm sorry a man capable of true yeah. sight of true uh, future visions able to walk what's called the golden path which will allow humanity to enter into yeah. a golden age yeah um they want to do this um they go to they go all over the world any planet where it's got like indigenous people they basically like seed this myth of there will be a person who will come because they sort of believe in it but they sort of don't uh, interesting and it's quite a like interesting part of Dune's world, yeah. I find, because it, it kind of subverts. Because if he hadn't had that, I would just say he's a white savior orientalist. Like he just 
fetishizing the Middle mm-hmm. East, saying the white savior will come, but he but he doesn't do that. He like very consciously kind of chooses to say, well, Lawrence of Arabia is like a myth in and of itself, and the British kind of made it up. And like if you talk to the actual people of like the Arabian Peninsula, they have a different idea of who Lawrence was and what his role was, and on yeah. and on and on. So yeah. it's like he's he's even engaging in the myth making of the thing that he's interested yeah. in. To, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That I, I I know I wonder if they're gonna get into that mm. more in the second movie mm. at all, or if that's like how much that is there. I mean, not that it mm-hmm. has to be necessarily, but I, <laughs> I just feel like I need to bring it up because it is weird yeah. in this day and age well, that they have that. That's all. Quick fix: you could have cast someone a little bit more Mediterranean looking than Timothy Shall- Chalamet, yeah, yeah, because the Atreides. <laughs> That's true. Because the Atreides are like kind of supposed to be Grecian. Yeah, they're they're oh, like the originally. Yeah. Because I, I mean, Oscar Isaac's kind of. Yeah, yeah, he's he's like a yeah, yeah, Hispanic. And the and yeah, and yeah. the Fremen in the book are never described physically beyond being like huh. blue eyed, blue on blue okay. eyes. Interesting. Um, so like they went with the sort of ethnic diverse approach. Which yeah, yeah. Be- better than yeah. David Lynch's. All white. You know what? You do have a point there. But, yeah, that is true. It's, it's, that's not. That's not a. That's not a. But what is? Yeah. A, that's fair but point. what does it say with like? You know, you have uh, what's his name? Uh, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem yeah. doing the thing. He should have. He should have been. Had uh, black goo coming out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh right! Look from. Yeah. Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Oh, like, oh man from the fifth, fifth parts of the caribbean movie yes yeah. uh wow that one sucks <laughs> like really bad the key to our escape is jack sparrow find sparrow for me and really a message from captain salazar salazar i wish i could do it myself but the mental from the newest film, the dreaded Captain Salazar. I'm looking We never formally met because my character died before you showed up on the green screen. <laughs> Which movie are you in? One of them. <laughs> Alden, you got an ugly? I, I would say that the ugly for me, I mean, it's kind of copying to say the music. Yeah, as well but I because... mean, like, I don't know. I, I double checked <laughs> yeah. too. I would, mm-hmm. I, I would, I'll just say there are s- s- selectively there are tracks that I really like. So the Souter Car uh, chant is that dope as hell. Really and uh, weirdly, the song, you know how like Hans Zimmer said I wanted to make something yeah. alien. Um, he did succeed in one track, in my opinion, which is uh, <laughs> when the Atreides land on Arrakis for the first time, and it's the bagpipes. That are like it starts off like okay you're going yes. one way and then you shift hard and then yeah. you back into like <laughs> Scottish so it goes like two because it, it goes into a Lydian mode it goes into a six tone scale which is Arabic and then jumps back in down into an eight tone or twelve tone so it's like it does it does actually sound really weird it's like whoa okay what's happening like this is not um, norm not I shouldn't say normal music but it's unheard music. 
Uh, and so he, I think he did succeed there. But I will say it was just too um, much sometimes. It was just too loud. They had not, not the like um, tenant levels, but like when they had uh, the like da dee da, like the woman singing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's just like stereotypical. But it was those like mechanical like noises that would happen sometimes where it's like this like scraping noise almost. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it would occur like when there was like combat or like just before something. And oh. I don't know. There was just times where I'm like, dude, just t- turn it down a bit. Like, it's okay. It's, it's fine. Um, and also, here's my ugly. It was kind of boring to look at. It would, it, it, thinking of 24. That's, that's my big, yeah. yeah. 2049. 2049. Uh, there are like, each shot is a banger in 2049. You're like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, really beautiful. In this one, Villeneuve's like very desiccated, dry cinematography, which works in Arrival, which works in 2049, which works in his other Alsandi, all his stuff. He has a very Ugh. distinct like palette that he chooses. In this one, I'm the only scene that like jumps to my mind of being like visually very beautiful was uh, like seeing the worm for the first time. Yeah, the shields, yeah. the way they interacted, and then like when a lady Jessica's got her like shawl against her face and the sun blasts across it. Uh, mm. Everything else was like, eh, eh, yeah, yeah. Like not. Uh, that was a, such a big problem for me. I really wish Arrakis was like reddish or anything more than because it's basically just like shades of gray in the movie, like Tatooine or something like that. Yeah, like well, Tatooine's all... yellow at least. This is just tan. <laughs> it's not even. I wanted like Mad Max mm. a little bit, like in terms of the desert. It reminds me of like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Whenever they go to the desert or Mexico or whatever, they put that filter of the yellow or the orange over it. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. It's like such a bag of tricks. I love that shit, <laughs> but but yeah, shades of gray. Yeah, I... everybody's wearing like black, pretty much, or like gray. It's I I wish there was just a little bit more of anything in terms of the colors and that's that's kind of yeah uh that's why i might i don't know if i would see this again yeah i don't know i would would say denis did this thing that i because i looked into this and like he explicitly with his color palette he asked people like in a proper environment where there's no water or very little water this is what it would look like Hmm. because there is like the sky wouldn't be as blue because there's less water in it. There's less mm. free water available. The ground would look more gray because there is no water to saturate these particles, basically. So, like, he's being technically correct, but it makes it worse. Like, it, 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 for he was so adhering to the source material because in the book it doesn't describe Dune really. It just says like desert, sand, hot. Kind of. So like it's being really hot. faithful, but it, like it does a disservice, and I wish he had done more to to make that weirder part of the world stand out. Because there's all these little things that I do like. There's not, like the design of the guild ship, like that big tube yes. cocoon thing, beautiful. Yeah. Um. Just I and you know like so yeah with the with the ugly part, it's just it was kind of ugly at times. It was just not fun to look at. Um. 
there was some interesting like when the Sauticor dropped that down. That was a good scene. Like those are that's yeah. really cool. There's really like that was like just silent um, and you just see him come in drop in like that. The gyrocopter I liked, um like wings. It's all silent. It was good. Um too much but he so he was he yeah was well, to see when he was there um i mean cgi whatever it, i could it, it didn't really bug me this much that much in this film to be honest um i actually yeah it was fine but that's not my ugly i guess what i already said about colors and then um some of the costumes i did like and some of them i thought were kind of boring like I thought the Benny Jesuit were kind of boring looking. Like I guess I just like the David Lynch ones that are very striking. Like you know what a what one is just by looking at them. I mean even though they're bald and weird, but Yeah, sure. Um And also, yeah, the Harkonnens, I kind of I wish <laughs> wish they were more maniacal or more like cuz they're just when they were on Iraq, they were hunting down like Fremen all the time. But these just seem much more. They're not having fun at all, or they're not, or <laughs> they're <laughs> not, not having <laughs> any fun. Oh man! I gotta yeah. say, the, the standout uh, person in this film was um, uh, Lady Jessica uh, Rebecca Rebecca uh, Ferguson. Ferg- oh, I can't remember her name. The actress Rebecca Ferguson. I really liked Lady Jessica. She's in uh, Doctor Sleep. She's really good in that. Um, Rose the Hat. Um, I thought her yeah, audio really was good. sometimes mixed a little low for me. But that was just her acting was really, yeah, really yeah. good. I just found she does like uh, most good. of that emotional thing in the movie. I mean, that's true. Of the book that too. Paul's got that Return yeah because Paul Luke, uh, like closed off Jedi yeah. thing. Like yeah, yeah. In the middle of the book, Paul is kind of freaking out because he's having all <laughs> these visions, and so Dude. Jessica is kind of the more point of view character who's like, "What the hell's up with my oh, son?" Okay. Like where and he and he knows how to travel through the desert somehow. Like this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, that was it seemed kind of convenient, I guess, because <laughs> they had that just that one scene where he's like, "Hey, here's, this is what they do." Yeah, mm. I think you know she did great when like the Holy Mother shows up and she like recites the 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 chant against fear and like <laughs> controls her nerves. Weird, and... Jessica's the one doing it though, right? And I and I you know the, the way they did the voice was. Mm like predictable but i still found it effective if that makes sense yeah yeah i agree with that it was predictable but effective i do like that they like black out like when paul walks to the chair it's like he rushes over as if he's like it's just a gap in his memory um and my favorite scene oh. in the in the movie i think which sounds weird that's my favorite scene is when they're in the ornithopter oh, and he has to use the voice against the harkonnen troops like oh. that whole scene just the like, there's a bit of tension. It's a bit of tension. It's like a, huh? it's a little yeah. bit of like. One I know it's gonna be fine in the like, end. I'm like, but for take take my anything I say with a grain of spice, wink. <laughs> oh um, God. Oh man. <laughs> uh, I felt like I kind of uh wasn't watching the movie right because i was for the most part being too analytical in the moment that i only a couple moments like the hunter seeker and when there's the carry-all like spice uh collector were two of the only moments that i actually felt like i was getting caught up and also i guess the 
them on the ornithopter uh, being carried away were like the only moments I can think of that I got caught up in the actual movie and I wasn't just like, hmm, that's different from the book or I see, Mm -hmm. I remember that. Transportation theory, that's what they call that. When you, uh, you know, stop kind of thinking and you just embrace it. Were you that way with the <laughs> David Lynch movie? No, because it's... <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't. But, um, hmm, that's an interesting... Uh, maybe because it's... Uh, just because it's more of a train wreck, I might have more, like, whatever with it. But I don't want to I don't want to give David Lynch too much praise for his bad movie. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fair. It is kind of insane. I don't understand how he made that, but then didn't want to make uh, Return of the Jedi in that one thing where he's like, what the hell's a Wookiee? <laughs> yeah, know, that's true. It. It's like, you know, you have the chance to work with some of the most fantastic visual effects artists in... Oh in my God. history with lucas arts at the time in 83 or whatever it was when when return yeah. of the jedi came okay, out yeah. um and chose not to do that but then did dune which he's he's struggling for yeah. these these special effects that are larger than life that just look horrible they're just like weird green screen puppet monster uh when it comes to the um comes to the the worms and everything i feel like lucas arts could have done a better job um i think it genuinely tried to engage with the material on the level of a yeah genius. like i don't think it was you know <laughs> good um i i certainly wouldn't give it that much praise but i would say that lynch among any director would be the one you'd want to hire to have to make something truly unique and strange and dune is uh what about del toro like guillermo yeah he could have done it he could have done he it. just likes weird stuff you said you said um, uh, yeah. mad max earlier maybe maybe george yeah. miller yeah uh, <laughs> i mean he's good at filming desert Lin- stuff right i see with the lynch dune uh this is also still i feel like I'm being too harsh on 2021, dude, and too, like, easy on... Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. I see more passion in the David Lynch film for the material. And there's a soul and passion in David Lynch's one? It did feel... Again, I hate using this pun. It does feel a bit dry. That's really bad, man. It's, like, clearly accurate. (laughs) It's clearly a lot of good work has been done but it feels very technical. It feels like there isn't really a soul or passion in there beyond what the actors are putting in. So like maybe it's just to do yeah. with the nature of the shots, but it, you know, it felt like Zimmer was painting by numbers. <laughs> a lot of the time. He's just like, yeah, I'm just going to fucking like, again, I'm just going to put this in discord because it's the one track that like sounded alien to me, but it's this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lynch's one. That's his cameo, is, too, by the way. That's Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> That's his, oh, really? Yeah, he's playing the bagpipe. <laughs> Lynch's Lynch's make like taking bigger swings. Yeah. in his one. 
and and maybe regretting the big <laughs> yeah but I, I i also partially respect him for it even though it's like you didn't really need to make the guild navigators huge weird fish monsters but it is it's very it's very visually striking i did i like the 2021 spice navigators guild navigators now to go to our our next section which is the total arbitrary scoring system I usually do it out of 10, but you can do it out of 5 or 4 or 7 if you want to use the light cart scale because then you have a true middle. If you use 7. I've never heard four, of that before. Mm. Uh, how about, what about uh, decimal places? Yeah, decimal What's, places are fine. Uh, uh, how, how about we get, how about, also how, about, part of it? how about we each first oh, each okay. other's sure. score? Yeah, guess sure. your sure. I'm going to do out of 10. I'm out of 10, by the way. All right, I'll do out of 10 as well. All right, I'm going first. All right. I'm going to get, okay, Mark, Mark, uh, let's confer here. I think Jacob is going <laughs> to, I think Jacob's going to give it a 7. Huh. 7.3. 7.3. Okay. Uh, I was going to go more, uh, I, w- I was actually thinking he's going to go for an 8, personally. Wow. But I think that's probably, uh, I guess Can I would. stick with the 8? Yeah. Okay. All right, well. I'm gonna give it a seven, actually, because I think it was good. Oh, really? It's better than average, but I don't know. I really enjoyed a lot of parts of it, and I feel like I was really harsh on it. And strangely, because I feel like I liked it more than I actually ended up being there. So, um, yeah, a lot of um, flaws. And honestly, since having seen it, it's kind of gone down. It's 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 a shrinker rather than a grower um which is disappointing yeah who's next uh okay guess try and guess mine try and guess i mine. think uh alden's gonna give it a 7.7 or 7.8 i think he is going to be uh even bigger on it he's wild swing for it, <laughs> so i think he's gonna give it like a 8 point no no he's gonna give it like a 9.99 uh, that's just how he likes to do it and likes to torture me. You're both wrong. I'm going to give it actually an 8.7. Okay, so you did, you oh. did go higher. It is, it, is, it is a Canadian pass. It's a Canadian, Canadian A. a. <laughs> nice. Classic. Well, it's a low, it's a low. Uh, yeah, no, I actually, I, all my criticisms of it, I think I enjoy, I think I'm a, I'm too much of a Denis, Denis stan to like Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did. I there's like I can't give it a full nine or a ten because there are too many flaws. But the flaws that are there, I can forgive. Um, you know, I'm just hope if if he makes the next one as dry, I'll lower it. But as, okay. as it stands, so a conditional eight point seven. Then sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, so. Mark, what would he give it? Well, I feel like we've been kind of critical on it so far. Um, mm. I feel like you've been kind of critical. We've all been kind of critical on it. So I'm going to yeah. say... I do think you liked it more than me, though, I'm assuming, just based on Dune love. Um, so I'm going to say like an 8.3? Something like that? Maybe an 8? I'm going to say a 6.9. <laughs> nice. I'm going to say... <laughs> 6.69 just to keep the the numbers 
on, on wow it's oh. in between those uh i was gonna give it like 7.6 yeah uh i think it's a better movie than i like it wow that's, that's a really good. good way of putting it i agree yeah it's hard to like pin down exactly what it was and i think i also have just it's one of those things where after i watched it it went down instead of like after i watched it like my opinion of it went down then i've only i mostly focused on the negatives instead of like how good it actually was well here's so here's the question um was the movie good enough that you want to see it again i'll see the next one Hopefully not alone, though. <laughs> That'd be a little bit. <laughs> oh, got a new phone and it's very strange because it doesn't come with a voice recording app so i loaded one on instead um i'm in between mics at the time of this i suppose so i'm using my phone instead i guess is the point but i loaded on an app and it's very strange because it has ads on it and it's just like this seems like it should be standard in a phone right you just have a voice recorder yeah every phone does it which is weird i don't know is it an android thing Maybe. Music right here is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack with Silk Sonic, their their collab. And uh, the song is Skate, just kind of a nice jam. So since by the time this comes out, <laughs> um, filming has started on Dune 2, uh, or Part 2, whatever it's called. Um, so hey, maybe it's in the SEO again. Uh, who knows? Again, it doesn't really matter. Last but not least, Fix the Week. So, Mark, you around for Picks of the Week, our favorite um, segment of this week and every week. Yeah, sure. If I can think of something. Uh, tell me how this works. Well, it's very simple. You just have to pick something that you've been enjoying for the past week. Uh, as Alden similarly likes to say, what's up, my Zimzams? Time for Picks of the Week. I, I, I do like to say that. I have said that at least on two occasions. Uh, I can start. Okay. I'm going to start. start. Yeah, Surprising. I, I, my pick of the week is is a very uh, like normal person pick. And, <laughs> okay. you know, you can laugh at me all you want. I will. And, I'm going to uh, do it anyways. So you know, it's, might as well go for um, it. You know, in the current political climate too, there's probably ah. like some interesting conversations we can get into mm-hmm. it as well. Um, 
but Julie and I finished watching the last season of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and uh, it was interesting to watch. Uh, In the face of crisis, I seem to have sent a digital phallus portrait. Oh no, you sent a pic. Chaos. The other district sent us their Hitchcock and Scullies. Dear God. Nine Nine. Nine Nine. And childcare. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? You're supposed to be getting back from daycare. One team will rise. This workplace is my family. Was that not clear? Holt is my dad. You're my mean older sister. Amy's my mom. What? What? What did I say? For one hot damn last ah. ride. It is, as Peralta would say, no big whoop. But I actually don't pronounce the H in whoop. Let's ride. You know, you actually picked that earlier um, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it. I'm. I'm not sure if you know I'm familiar with the, the show. show or have seen the show or if you like the show. I happen to like the show. Uh, it is weird watching a, like a cop procedural thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially what occurred For um, sure. uh, in the States in 2020 uh, with yeah. all the ongoing stuff. And uh, as a result, I know that they um, delayed, also with COVID, but they delayed the final season. And then they made it just eight episodes. Wow, that's really short. And the whole like. season deals with like a COVID exists in Brooklyn Nine Nine, so they don't uh, ignore it. Wow. And, and B, like one of the main characters, Rosa quits as a result of George Floyd. Mm. Like they specifically mention, like this, uh, like George Floyd and what happened. They specifically mention BLM. They specifically mention these things. Mm. And uh, do you care, do you don't care about spoilers? No. Do you? No. Not at all. Oh. Yeah, so it ends with uh, Andy Sandberg's character retiring, quitting. Oh, um, the force. Oh, and, like people moving on to different jobs and like interesting. Uh, his partner Amy yeah. is like trying to do police reform and the like. They took a, a the best approach they could with the material they had, and uh, it was kind of neat to see them. Like clearly, they put a lot of thought into it, and they tried to. You know, they, they were aware yeah. of their position of like, hey, this is a TV show about cops in an environment where the police force in America is under intense scrutiny, as it should be. And uh, how can we make this still a, a, a show that people would want to watch mm-hmm. and can maybe, you know, take a take a strong stance? And I felt like they did. They did like point out like, yeah, police unions are corrupt. Um, uh, who's that ginger angry doctor in Scrubs? Oh, God. Uh, um, God, what's that actor? All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a, there's an actor from Scrubs who plays the, sure. a corrupt police union boss in it, who's like ridiculously over the top, but also like <laughs> unfortunately very true. Um, there's a, there are a couple immunity. episodes where they deal specifically with like corruption and like what it means to to be responsible for your actions, um, and that sort of leads to uh, Sandberg's character deciding to to retire as a police officer mm-hmm. and, and focus on raising his kid and i was like wow like pretty impressive like i wasn't sure how you're gonna handle this sure you seem to handle it in an in an okay way i mean i'm speaking as somebody who's never had a negative interaction with the police and i live in canada so i can't really <laughs> truly say anything you the rcmp right isn't that yeah. what's up in uh british columbia or often up, up in prince george yeah. rather but yeah that was definitely oh. that was definitely something that that stood out to me as as a like huh wow they they went they went they didn't they didn't take the cheap option out which was to either a not do it at all or b just like dance their way around it like they they kind of went at it head on and i was like props props to the writer and producers 
for like, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they've always had, like, they've always, I feel like they've always tried to grapple with those things, right? Like, there's been other episodes in the past, I haven't actually re- really watched it that much, but I've, I've watched a couple episodes, so, um, mm-hmm. Terry Crews' character, he gets, like, arrested or whatever, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, because he's black and he's getting profiled, but he's, like, he's a cop himself, so, I, f- I feel like I remember that being a thing. Anyways, it feels like they're very aware of um, of these issues and want to speak to it. But it's interesting that it's in like such a silly show, silly workplace procedural. And you know, it's also like yeah. this kind of overwhelming sense of um, niceness to all of those things. And they're all like the Michael Schur universe. Uh, like he did, um, what was it The Good Place, um, The Office, uh, Parks and Rec? That's the other one. Um, I mean, he's kind of made his name off of that, and it's, it's like it's a good formula. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they like actually, yeah. they actually did stuff, and like again, you know, they probably were in constant talks and like trying to figure out exactly how it was. Like normally, their seasons are twenty six episodes long. That they went with eight. Yeah, that's so not like a lot. they. Uh, it, it was an interesting. I think, and I think a lot of the cast members too probably were like, I don't know how I feel about portraying actors like police. You know, there's. I'm sure there was a whole behind the scenes uh, discussion, um, but yeah, that was that was definitely something that I was like, "Huh, cool." Who wants to go? Sure, uh, I'd go next. My main pick of the week is Robert Altman's Nashville. Robert Altman's Nashville is five days in the lives of 24 unforgettable people. That's a lot of characters, so listen closely. Lily Tomlin is a gospel singer who strays just a bit when she has a one-night stand with Keith Carradine, a hot young rock singer. Ned Beatty is her husband who doesn't suspect okay. a thing. Okay, that's interesting and also fitting for you. I, feel I like never I've thought I would... <laughs> An obscure movie <laughs> makes perfect sense for Mark. I have no Which... idea what... I have no idea what those <laughs> yeah, things are. Yeah. I, I immediately I'll, thought I'll Robert Altman's Nashville is what I heard, yeah. right? So I'm assuming. Yes. Okay, so there's. I have four things that jump to my mind. First thing, okay. Broadway musical. Don't know why. Second thing, okay. some sort of race. Third thing, some sort of like movie music anthology. Fourth thing, a sandwich. A sandwich. Like Altman's sandwich. Nashville sandwich. Like it's the. Yeah. It's the <laughs> well. Uh, it technically is a musical, kind of. I never thought I would like it because it's about it's oh. country western music in the South, but uh, and it's also like almost three hours long. But man, it's crazy, <laughs> or it's it feels like I've never seen anything oh. like it. There's twenty-ish uh-huh. principal characters or named characters. You that just go around that are not like their, their oh. paths kind of cross and interact, but they're not totally like, they don't mean any, they're not tied to each other entirely, but it's just about, um, the music scene in Nashville on this particular time, not a documentary, but it feels like one, um, as, as this mysterious outsider candidate, uh, tries to get um, this uh, singer to sing at his rally. I guess that's like the way to 
Even though you never actually see him. You just hear his voice. But yeah, like, um, very... I was I was very taken in with it. It's crazy because there are so many characters and it feels like lots of things are going on, but it's also very meticulous. I don't know. Weird. I mean, the way you yeah, describe yeah. it sounds interesting. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum doesn't speak a line. But he's in a... <laughs> Yeah, he's just he's just a guy on a big tricycle like bike thing. That's how he is in normal life, though. They just got Jeff Goldblum acting in real life there. And, your description uh, of the film, okay. uh, Mark, just saying how there's like a, a sort of big cast and you're not really following. It reminds me of Dune. <laughs> uh, it, it it brought it brought to mind. I don't know why it did because this is like a a different film. Uh, it's called Playtime. It's like a 1967 French film by Jacques Tati, where it's uh, just a, yes. Do you know this one? Yeah. Where it's like yeah, a, a guy just trying to navigate through futuristic Paris. Mm. Um, that just sparked uh, a connection. In I'm terms sure of it's not related there's anyway. a lot going on in scenes. Yeah, because one thing that'll happen is mm. there'll be multiple conversations that he keeps cutting to throughout a scene. So you kind of get different perspectives, kind of like in how Dune is weirdly written, which I really like in terms of swapping stuff. Mm. Very cool. Great, yeah. I want to see the movie. Well, now it falls to me. Um, my pick was actually something, uh, a person that I got to go see. Um, I got to mm-hmm. leave New York City and go back to Rochester uh, for some work and stuff. But um, really, what it was actually all about was um, because I wanted to go see Chris Gethard. Um uh, if you guys don't know who Gethard is, Chris Gethard, um, he's a comedian um, mm. from New Jersey. He talks a lot about New Jersey. Uh, he's UCB uh, in its early days. Hey, What's um, his name? Gethard? Gethard, yes. Like, get hard. Get hard. Um, yes, exactly. Get hard. Um, and he's kind of, he's a little goofy looking. He's got these big glasses and, and he's kind of shrimpy. Um, but he's, he's this tough, like New Jersey guy. Um, and, um, he's talked a lot specifically about like his mental health struggles because he's had a lot of issues with that. Um, I always liked him, but, but really, um, one of the big things was, I think it was 2016. Um, he had a career suicide where he talked about, um, his own mental health struggles and, I mean, it's called suicide. So it's some of the times where uh, he went through these, and it's it's funny, but also um, well observed and deep and resonant in a lot of ways. And and he just he's got a real talent for that and way of like bringing you into the humor, but then also um, uh, uh, the seriousness too. Hate to say it, but sometimes. People just break. Welcome to a comedy show. Welcome. I didn't know when I was 11 years old that this thing had a name, depression. I just thought everybody in fifth grade had an internal monologue like the guy from Taxi Driver. (laughs) My shrink says to me, I get a lot of free samples. So maybe we'll just like slip you some. Now this is perfectly legal, but I like that she handled it with the tone of a street level drug deal. I love it. I developed the physique of the sad uncle who's like, maybe I should have gotten married. 
Oh, I know him. I've seen, I've seen this face. Sorry, I just. Oh, sorry. it's okay. Yeah. No, he's he's cool. Yeah, maybe you've seen the um, Chris Gathard show. It was on True TV. I mean, it was on Public Access for a really long time, but I, I didn't know about Lots it. Lots of then. college humor. Yes, yes. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I, I watch uh, One Man's Tr- Trash is a very good episode uh, if you're looking for one. But I got to see him in Rochester. He was doing an event, and he did his podcast. Uh, um, what is it called again? A beautiful conversation to anonymous people. So the the premise is that uh, a person calls in and they have a conversation with Chris for like an hour ish. Um, and the only rules is that they can't tell him uh, their name or anything. And it's just a free flowing conversation. Uh, it's very in terms of like improv, not sure what's going to happen. Um, and so he's done it live a couple times and he did, he did it at Rochester and it was, it was really good. You can go back and listen to that episode. Um, I'm sure it's up by now. All right. Uh, and then after that, he did uh, he did his um, he did a stand up show. So I stayed for both shows, and they were both really good. Uh, his stand up show is mm. all about kind of he's a new dad and kind of being with that. And he has his own issues with family and stuff that he's talked about before, but this one was really all about him as a father. And um, once again, he's just very good at uh, at at making things humorous and heartfelt. And, and weaving it together really well. So he's, he's like, a, you know, a guy at the top of his game. Um, so, yeah, I would say check oh. it out. Check out Career Suicide. Really great. Um, really great special. Uh, I think it's on HBO or um, something like that. But, um, yes, it was a very, great. very enjoyable um, experience. Yeah. Nice. With a cool dude. Oh. Now, as Alden always likes to say, good night. <laughs> good luck. I love you. <laughs> That's pretty personal for a podcast. That's going to be listened by some trucker. So to call him out. <laughs> I, I say good night. Uh, Walter Cronkite? Yeah, Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite. Uh, yeah, we should really find like an actual permanent one. Although I feel like we've just stumbled into it's good night and good luck we've kept no set schedule for a lot of things uh you know they say they say repetition and like habit forming comes best with like doing the same thing uh we don't we don't do that we're we're uh very true Congratulations. <laughs> that wasn't sarcasm. That's just my voice. Art.
What the fuck is our like Americans are so I'm going to say here Americans are desperate for holidays. They're so they're, I know what it is. I get what it is. But what I'm saying is is that your system is so deprived of basic socialist like policies that you're like, "Uh, we need a holiday, tree day. That'll work. Let's do tree day. Arbor Day is a good day." Just have I don't why why have Arbor Day? I mean, I guess maybe I'm just jealous that you have Arbor Day. If all of those casts were in a fight, would Brooklyn Nine-Nine automatically win? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they might. I mean, it depends on if the good place, if they have demon, if if Michael, the one guy, has demon powers or not. Yeah. Because that makes him pretty powerful. I think Janet, too. She gets, like, kung fu in one episode. So, definitely the office is going down first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think. Jen yeah. It's just going to try and prank somebody and get, like, yeah. uh, decapitated. Um, which is the true uh, punishment that he deserves, in my opinion. Uh, I hate coffee. I, I, don't, I, I don't drink coffee. And I'm that cool. I don't drink coffee. Uh, cut this part out of the podcast, but could you do that for the beginning of this episode? Like a whispered princess monologue? <laughs> <laughs> 